Will you turn with me please to the book of Genesis? Genesis chapter 1. Genesis 1 and verse 1. We'll read the first three verses. This morning we want to speak on the plan of salvation in the pattern of creation. Genesis 1 verses 1 to 3. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your presence, for your Spirit, for your Son. Thank you, Father, that you're here You're in the midst to help us, to encourage us, to challenge us. You're here, Father, to bless your people. We ask you, Lord, that you would instruct us and teach us this morning. And Lord, that you would be glorified in all that is done. Thank you for being in our midst. Lord, it's for your glory and for your honor we do all things. And so, Father, help me to... Bring this word to your people and to all who are here or listening now, live or later. Lord, we ask you you'd bless them and give them their portion. Remember those who are sick or who are away and can't be with us this morning. Encourage them, we pray in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Can I just say I want to thank Glenn for speaking and I've watched the words, I've watched the meetings. And I want to thank Pastor Tom Quinn for last week as well. And you had good ministry with Pastor Jeff Durbin. And uh, I was just blessed. I was able to watch the first week uh, while we were in Spain. I was able to watch it live. So it's good that even if you're in Spain, I can join with you live here. And we watched the first week. second week we didn't. Um, We were trying to arrange a flight home the second Sunday because Alison was ill. And we prayed about it, and Alison didn't seem to be getting better, and the Lord didn't seem to be going to heal her. So I thought, I'm going to bring you home. But the prayers of God's people and the faithfulness of the Lord, he's, she's almost 100%. And she's eating well, she's up and about. She was at a meeting with me at the mission on Friday night, but she just couldn't make it last night. She wanted to be out around the Lord's table, especially this morning. But I want to thank everyone. I want to thank Billy leading the worship and the worship team and all who kept things going. Uh, It really is, uh, it's just good to know that there are people who are faithful and will stand in the gap. And there are those who will continue on in the ministry and in the place where God has put them, placed them and called them. And it's just good to know that. May the Lord bless you all. Um, So we're going to look this morning at the scripture. And it's a, a strange happening, a strange thing. Kevin, could I ask you just to pull that door over close, please? Because it keeps blowing open and forward back, and I don't want it to bang in on me, please. Thank you. And it's strange because on a Sunday morning, you know, the, the Spirit hasn't really moved for a long time here on a Sunday morning in the sense of the ministry of the gifts of the Spirit. It moved every Sunday, but in that sense. And I knew this was going to happen this morning because the Lord told me on the way and I was waiting on it. And 
the Lord had laid it upon me that this was happening this morning. And even the word that I'm bringing, we're going to look at the spirit and the word. The spirit and the word. It's okay having the word of God, brothers and sisters. It's okay being in depth in the preaching and the teaching of the word. It is of the most necessity that we learn these things. But if there's no spirit, it dies. It dies. And unfortunately, people would maybe think the spirit can only go so far and he stops or do so much and he does no more. I want to show you that the Spirit does more than, and I might do this over two weeks, I don't know. I want to show you that the Spirit, he does more than just draw someone, and I don't mean that to belittle in that saying, draw someone to the cross. That is the most important thing he does. But I want you to see how he works in your life every day, and he also works in a plan of salvation from Adam's race right through until today. And God willing, we'll, we'll look at that. We'll see how far we get today. There are four main points we will look at if we continue on next week. I won't get there this morning. First of all, we're going to look, if you're taking notes, take it down. We're going to look, he makes a mess a masterpiece. He makes a mess a masterpiece. Secondly, he makes a mold a man. He makes a mold a man. Thirdly, he makes mankind his mission. He makes Adam kind his mission. And fourthly, he makes his mission a mountain. What do you mean by that? Well, we'll look at it, God willing, as time goes on. So in, in our reading this morning, first of all, we want to look at he makes a mess a masterpiece. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Take note on this. The word God here, G-O-D, is the word Elohim. Elohim. It is a singular word, yet pluralistic. It is plural in majesty, so even though God is one, yet he is plural. The majesty of God is plural. And this is the creative name, if I can call it that. This is God in creation, the creative name of God, Elohim. And right through chapter 1, you'll read, And Elohim said, and Elohim said, and Elohim said, and everything that he said, after he had spoken, things happened. The word caused things to happen. So Elohim created the heaven and the earth. Notice this. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Elohim, here he comes now as the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of God is the Ruach. The Ruach of God, it means the breath of God. God breathes forth himself. Breathes forth himself in the Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit. 
And hence, he broods, or it says here, he moved upon the face of the deep. The wind of God, the breath of God, was upon an earth or something primeval, primordial, and it needed fixing. It was a mess. We're going to look at it. A mess of an earth, a mess of a, of a sight before God. So the spirit or the wind of God, the breath of God, moved upon the face of the, the waters. Notice here, see the word moved. Spirit of God moved. It's the word rakaf. Rakaf. And I want you to catch this. Because it's very important. It means to hover. As to hover over. It means to flutter. Like you'd see maybe a little a bird. A hummingbird is a, maybe a good expression of it. And its wings are beating so fast. And it's still so, so still it's not moving. It's, it's fluttering, or a bird of prey, an eagle fluttering in the wind. That's the idea of this. The Spirit of God is hovering over. The Spirit of God is fluttering. It means the Spirit of God is brooding over the face of the waters. And it gives the idea of divine activity waiting to happen. Divine activity waiting to happen. The Holy Spirit brooding. Moving in the sense he's moving, ready to happen, ready to cause things to happen, ready to do something fantastic and wonderful and great. Spirit of God brooded. Spirit of God, as it hovered, fluttered and brooded over the earth without form or void. A topsy-turvy word, it means form or void. In fact, the words form and void are the words tohu fa bohu. So tohu bohu va form and void. Tohu fa bohu. And it gives the idea of topsy-turvy, upside down. It gives the idea of an unreality which is endless in its unreality if it's left in that condition. If it's left the way it is, it's an endless unreality. The Spirit of God's ready to move on it. It gives the idea of a, a vain thing, a vanity, an emptiness where it, it really means nothing with no purpose. The Spirit of God is hovering over it. It gives the idea of emptiness and confusion. And the Spirit of God is brooding over it, ready to move, ready to do something really good. Tohu, a waste. Tohu means a desolation, a nothingness, a worthless thing. Tohu, va bohu, without form and void. Bohu means simply an indistinguishable ruin. I was thinking about this. It reminded me of my life. It reminded me of my past. It reminded me of my background. It reminded me of my lifestyle before I knew Christ as my Savior. 
reminded me of where God has brought me from and what God has done with me and with so many countless millions upon millions of others and you here this morning that our lives were tohu vapohu. Some of them were upside down and topsy-turvy. A life of vanity because we lived for the things of the world and, and we lived in this world and it polluted us. And it was as though it was just a primordial, primeval mess. None can help, none can do, none can save. It gives me the idea that it reminded me of the emptiness of this life without Christ. The emptiness of this life without Christ. A life with no purpose. It gave me the idea again of a life that was in darkness. Spiritual darkness. Living in darkness. Walking in darkness. A darkness that could be felt in the life of a man who knew not Christ. It reminded me that there are some people who are going through similar things in life. And sometimes they can't find their way out. It says here that even in creation, whatever form this is taken on the earth, it says that the earth was tohu, vabuhu. It was without form and void. But notice we have the Spirit of God and then we have the Word of God and God said. Spirit of God is brooding and hovering. Spirit of God is fluttering over, about to do something fantastic and and wonderful, just as he was in the lives of each and every one of us, and just as he would in the life of others if they're ready for the move of God. Brother, sister, can I ask for your immediate attention for one minute? Can I ask you that you don't be distracted for this one second? God wants to do things in your life. The Spirit of God, I believe, is ready to move in the lives of people to gift them, gift them, G-I-F-T, to gift them for his glory, to gift them. I'm not talking about buying new airplanes and mansions and all that sort of stuff. I'm not talking about all of that. I'm not talking about the, the, the whole gimme, gimme, gimme stuff. I'm talking about to gift you with gifts for his glory. He's about to move and he's hovering, he's brooding, he's speaking in your life and, and we tend to fight it off. He, he wants you to say, yes, Lord, here, sometimes I'm a mess. My mind's a mess, my life's a mess. Sometimes I get into a mess. Sometimes I feel the vanity of things. But the Lord is hovering, as it were, within your soul. He's, he's hovering over you, ready to do something with you. But by the time we leave this marquee, by the time we get into our cars, and by the time we go home, and by the time we get our Sunday dinner, well then, sure, we've, we've had enough of God for the day. had enough of gathering in his presence. We've had enough of seeking his face. We've had enough of singing his praises. We've had enough, but, but God is saying, I, I want to move in your life. I'm ready. I'm brooding over the mess that maybe you found yourself in. I'm brooding over it. I'm fluttering. I'm, I'm hovering. But yet, you're around the hamster wheel. 
Pastor Stuart Elliott had called me up to finish the meeting and close it again last night. And while we were in the meeting, there was a man who had testified. He's from Rhodesia, which is now Zimbabwe, and he went to South Africa. And he testified of how God healed him from cancer. How he was told he had had between three weeks to six, three months to live. And how they gave him just a couple of injections to boost his immune system. He told how a needle was put in his arm. And how through prayer, I haven't time to go into it. There and then, the needle broke off in his arm and it came back out of his vein. And his needle, the needle came out and he needed no treatment. And he's alive and well today. And that was years ago, three weeks ago. And God moved upon him. God was fluttering because he believed what God had said about him. And sometimes we get stuck. Uh, uh, and, and I'm guilty. I'm guilty as a pastor sometimes. I get stuck by the, 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 the dead, spiritless Christian. I'm talking about those who think God does no more. Once he saves you, he says, off you go and do your best, son. Sometimes you get stuck because you're hammered and you're battered and you're blattered with them. And, and you're, it wears you down like a stone underwater for a long time. And, and many Christians are like that. And after a while, you start to get weary with things. So you start having maybe a, a, your doubts come in about things. And I got up last, I was sitting in the, while this man was testifying and the Lord spoke to me sitting. Lloyd was with me. Where's Lloyd? You're over there, Lloyd. Isn't this true? And the Lord said, there's a spirit of unbelief right now. Just came in like this into the meeting. Lloyd had no idea what was happening and I felt it. And I opened the scriptures and started reading. Stuart read from Matthew 27. And it says around the cross, they said, it says, if thou be the son of God, save thyself and come down from the cross. If thou be. And the Lord spoke to me and says, that's it there. So I get up after the meeting or pardon me, at the end of the meeting. And I says, the Lord has told me to say this. It's a spirit of unbelief and doubt here. And there was a whole row of people. A whole row we didn't even know about. And, they, and some people started coming afterwards to me. That mom was standing beside me, weeping and in tears. This is true. This is what I was thinking. This is what has been happening to me. This is where I am right now. This is after the meeting's over. He says, the Lord says, there's a spirit of unbelief here. And there's a spirit of doubt. Boom. Hit the people like this. We were there. I don't think we got home to after 11 or so last night. And a pastor who was leading the worship... His daughter was singing. She got baptized in the Holy Ghost and started speaking with tongues. She doesn't even go to a church that was believed in the gifts. All in the same meeting last night. All in the same meeting last night. So we have to ask ourselves, as CET or in your life, what is God doing with us? 
What is God doing with you, brother, sister? What will God do with me? What is God wanting to do with us? Because God, I believe, is brooding over us as an assembly saying, do you want me? Do you want me in your life, in your home, in your marriage, in your family? Do you want me to move and do something absolutely amazing and wonderful? Yes. And as the Spirit of God brooded, fluttered and moved, ready to move and create, the Spirit of God can still create things in your life, change your life and create a new person out of you. I'm a new creature in Christ and he's still working in me. Brothers and sisters, God said in verse 3, let there be light. And what happened? There, shout it out, would you? There was light. You see, God's word will not return unto him void. And that's why we need to seek God and his word. Jesus said in John 4 to the woman at the well, that the father was seeking worshippers to worship him in spirit and in truth. The truth of the word. The truth of the scriptures. But if there's no spirit, if it's all word, there's no spirit. The the pages of the scriptures is flat. Do you know what I mean when I say that? You, You read the Bible sometimes and you're not getting a lot out of it. It's flat. But when the spirit's in the life, when the spirit's on the heart, when the spirit's moving, it's alive. It comes alive to you. God said, let there be light. Bang! And there was light. And there was light. I wonder what God wants to do with you. Let this encourage every one of us who finds themselves in a place of chaos, darkness, unreality, emptiness, confusion or desolation. Maybe your life has been in a rut and a mess. As a pastor I talk to, get around as many as I can and uh, you get sort of a backlog at times you're trying to catch up because I want to see people, I want to speak to people. I want you to know that as your shepherd, I love you. As your shepherd, I love you. I can't keep you. But I can't keep you. but I can't keep you. So what is God going to do in your life? What does God want to do by moving on your heart? And he's been fluttering, hovering, ready, just for you to receive the word. Once you receive his word, the spirit is activated. I want to say that with reverence because I want to be in reverent to him, the Holy Spirit. I want to be reverent to him. I don't mean that to be irreverent. So please get me in the right sense. I want to be reverent before him. But he's ready to activate. He's ready to do something in you. He's ready to open doors. He's ready to move. Listen, he may even bring you into a place of, of, of trial and testing. Because that's what happens if your faith isn't tested. You're not going to know what's in you. God knows what's in you, but you're not. 
And there are people who are not saved. There are people who are backslidden in heart or even backslidden in a way into the world. And God still speaks to them and says, you know, this word is true. And, and, and I've been dealing with you and hovering over you, as it were, fluttering around you. And I want to do something in you as if he's like a hummingbird ready to move and to, to pollinate, to help you, to change the situation, to change your life and, and to secure you for glory. You know what God wants to do in the lives that are struggling A life that has no purpose seemingly. Every life has a purpose, but seemingly has no purpose. And as if we've we've wasted life. How many of us, if we're honest, would say there's times in our life, not only past life, Christian life, and we have wasted time. How many? Would you put your hand up? Every one of us have. I'm putting two up. I waste too much time. When I could be in sweet communion with my Savior, when I could be sitting at his feet and drinking from the the, the waters of life and feasting on his table while he anoints my head with oil in the presence of mine enemies. Caught up with this and we're caught up with that and we're caught up with another and another. And even this morning, the Lord who is high, he come down to meet with us. To speak to us. To encourage us. But I want you to know, brothers and sisters, I love you. I don't care if you love me back or not. I love you. I'm your shepherd and I love you. But I can't keep you. I'll encourage you and I'll try to help you. But what God does in you is what will count. And what will matter? Maybe our lives have become an indistinguishable room from what you once knew it to be. Of what you thought things might have been, maybe didn't turn out the same way you had your hopes, your dreams and your plans and, and it just didn't turn out the same. Maybe your world and your life is tohu. Vabohu. Things are neither shape nor make for you at the minute. They're, you're topsy turvy, you're upside down. Your life, your world is without form and void. So be encouraged this morning. If you hear anything, because times went on and we were later getting around the word, and I'm not going to keep you as late this morning because I could preach till tonight if you wanted. Because that's what God's called me to do. But I feel that the Lord's given me something for you this morning. I'm trying to minister to the body. And I'm trying to call the lost. Be encouraged. For the earth was without form or void. And maybe your world is like that. Your mind's like that. Your heart's like that. Your family's like that, or whatever else is like that. It says this, be encouraged. Be encouraged on the Spirit of God, the Ruach. The Ruach of God. God, his wind, his breath, his Spirit. He moved. Moved. Would you say moved? I'll tell you something, nothing is done without the moving of the Spirit. 
Nothing worthwhile anyway. Nothing can be completed in our lives without the moving of the Spirit. But it's when the Word is spoken and the Spirit is moving, that's where things happen when they both come together. So it's a, we must worship in Spirit and in truth. And both must come together to make something that's tohu vabohu into something that God wants it to be. I wonder by the time we go home and have our dinner, will we sit down and go, I will, maybe you got an encouragement or a help, or maybe it didn't, it done something else. That's it. That's it. I've done the bit, Lord, I've been to church, I've turned up on the Sunday morning. What about tomorrow? What about tonight? What about tomorrow? Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday again. What about before you go to bed? What about when you get up in the morning? What about during the day? Sometimes, maybe it's only me. Does anybody ever think that they're going mad? You just all talk to yourself, don't you? Well, you know, sometimes in my life, I feel that I can't have an ordinary day. Let's put it like that. That's whatever that is. I can't get on with ordinary things. I can't live an ordinary life. Even if I'm at home or out for a drive or whatever. It's always, even when Austin and I maybe if I get away and we go for a drive and a walk or whatever. It's always the things of God. The things of God. The things of God. The thi- that's my mind. That's my heart. That's my very spirit and my soul. And, and we would just talk about this and, and the things of God. About God moving. God doing. God reaching God, helping souls of men, the souls of women and what we must do and, and seeing God's people built up upon their most holy faith and grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I live it all the time, a sleeping and a, and a dream about it. And sometimes I get up and I go, I'm going mad, Lord. And then suddenly somewhere comes back, no, you're not, son, you're just fellowshipping with me. I want you to know that every single one of you are important. You have a purpose. And every single one of you here, every single one, you're loved by this shepherd, but by our chief shepherd. And he loves you that much. He wants to do something with you. The Ruach, the Spirit of God, moved, hovered, fluttered and brooded. The Spirit was moving. This tells me a couple of things. I'll do one. I don't know if I'll get into the second. This tells me, first of all, the Holy Spirit is always ready to activate the Word of God. And God said, it was done by the Spirit. Holy Spirit is always ready to activate the word of God. Now, don't take this as a condemnation, but this is what happens in the Christian life. All of us, me, I'm talking about this man first every time. The word of God is given. Life's like this morning. Whether it's in private study and prayer, or whether it's in uh, the church setting where we, we gather together as God's people 
and God speaks either through the preacher or through someone else or to you, whatever way. And, and it's how we receive that word is the way the Spirit will activate in your life. And you might receive it, and by the time meeting's over, you have discarded it. Or you might receive it, and by the time opposition comes against it, and the devil wants to rob you off it, the birds of the air in the car park are ready to steal it out of your heart, the good seed of the Word of God, which the Lord Jesus spoke about. And, and wh- whatever it is, by the time you've maybe even received it, or you've heard it, and it's got into this ear, but it hasn't dropped in the inner ear and down. Also, was saying, you know, her ears were all over and off, and she had this vertigo, and she took an infection, then inflammation on her stomach, and she couldn't sleep or eat or do anything. And you know, when you're you're looking in the ear, is there an infection there? I was able to see the wall on the other side, and I'm like, then that's it. I'm not getting my dinner this afternoon, sure I'm not. <laughs> but you're looking in the ear. It's fine. Because it was way deep in, you see, I couldn't see it. And, and the Spirit of God must go past that again, drop into the heart. It must be received into the Spirit, in, into the heart, the very depth of the soul, right in your innermost being of the man and the woman. Do you know why? Because then none can rob it. None can take it. That's why even the, the, those who died for the cause of Christ, that's why they were able to go right on to death. They overcame the devil, isn't that right? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Meaning that the word that they, they had in their heart, the Spirit of God breathed upon it. They believed it with all their heart and they were able to go to death with it. Some of us will hear the word and forget it or the birds of the air will steal it and rob it from us. Or the first trial will come and we'll say, well, that was for the end, Lord. What about now? He says, my word will stand forever. My word will stand forever. And so when we go home and think, you know that word that. Lord, you're ready to move. You're ready to do. God, for CET, that you would do something because you're brooding, you're fluttering, you're hovering. Do you know, I've had this word written and I've used bits and pieces of it even years ago. Like, but I had this word written before I went away. I didn't know why I was writing it. And I sat in my study desk. And I had another thought for this morning. And I went to write it. And wrote the first part of it. And I put the pen down. And I felt the Lord say, no, that's not it. It's that. It's this. I wonder what God wants to do with CET. He broods over us and hovers. And the word, you heard great ministry while I was away. You heard good, solid teaching and preaching and word. And we can be full of the word and bereft of the spirit. Does that make sense? And, 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 And you can be bereft of it. I was in bed the other night, three in the morning, Eyes going round like 
googly clocks, you know, just thinking about these things. Mind going around searching the, 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 the sheep, as it were, in my mind, searching the sheep, searching uh, what, what, what the Lord was saying to me and showing to me and, and different ones and people and conditions of their heart and their, uh, their, their backsliddenness, but yet putting on a front and, and the coldness of them and the shallowness without depth in them and no spirit about them. And, and, and brothers and sisters, I'm saying this because I love you. Send us because I love you. And God was showing me this. And I, and I was lying, and I put the headphones in. And I usually pick a preacher who is the most boring, monotonous voice I can ever find to try and put me asleep. That's the truth. I do it every night. It's the only way I can get to sleep. I've even put myself on and fell asleep, by the way. <laughs> And that's the truth, I'll tell you. Every night, that's how I get to sleep. Fall asleep with the word of God. And see, when the message is over, by the way, I'll wake up again. Lord, what is happening? You see, usually when I, I don't usually, as you know, go away at the weekends. I maybe take a wee day or two here and there when I get the chance during the week. But bar being ill for a few Sundays, I, I hadn't been away in three years from a Sunday meeting. And that's not a well done, Ken. I'm saying this for a reason. But when you're in it so long and you're ministering to so many, and listen, it can happen in your life. And you're trying to get around others. And listen, and some fall through the net. Some, some, you know, feel left behind. And I don't mean that. I don't mean to hurt. But here's what happens. You get caught up with the work of God. Sometimes you forget the God of the work. And sometimes you get engrossed in the word of the Lord. You forget the Lord of the word. The spirit of God. I'm lying thinking. And, and when I had two weeks away, it gave me too much time to think. Because this is what I get. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, I believe that the Lord is hovering over lives. He's been speaking. He's been dealing. We can say, look, it's been, oh, COVID kept me away. Well, it shouldn't have. Because we were here. The government scared me into it. Well, it shouldn't have. Because he's still God. And now it's a case of sitting at home and it's easier to watch because you can watch it in your pajamas and eat your breakfast. All these different excuses. Listen, brothers and sisters, online ministry is good for those who are infirm who are unwell, or those ministries good for those who cannot make it or have run out of transport for the day or whatever. But see, week by week, sitting at home, that's not church. It's not, it's not church. It's gathering together with God's people and it's worshiping together. 
I know, brothers and sisters, listen. If you hear anything this morning, think, pray when you go home. I know you'll be busy with family. We all are at times. But find, even for five minutes, find somewhere. If you're walking your dog this afternoon, whatever you're doing, talk to him. Lord, whatever you place in my life. I had to minister to a young woman last night. She made her family a ride and she came heartbroken and she was in anxiety because she was afraid to move in case her uh, part of her family, if I didn't do this, maybe uh, my family, a certain one of my family would die and all that sort of crazy stuff. And I said, listen, you're not keeping your family. God is. But God gave you your family that you will worship him and bring them up in the ways of the Lord. So, let me try and finish this this morning. This tells me the Spirit of the Holy Spirit is always ready to activate the Word of God. And so he broods and he flutters and he will react to the spoken Word of God and truth. It tells me that God can create something out of a complete mess. God can make a mess a masterpiece. Whether it's a mess today, whether it's a mess from your past, whether it's a mess you've just messed up all along the way, the Spirit of God hovers and says, well, here's the word, here's the word, here's the word. And if you want to receive the word and bury it in your heart, David said, I have hid thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Hide it in your heart. Take it in and hide this this morning in your heart and don't let the fouls of the air take it from you. Don't let out temperaments and mood swings and don't let your thoughts and your thinking or what someone says. Listen, if I let what people say to me, against me or about me get on at me, if I let it bring me down and draw me down, yes, sometimes you're weary with it. But if I allow it, even when I was away, I was told there was people giving off about me. I wasn't even here. I wasn't even in the country. If I allowed that, I'd never do anything. It's hard to get out of bed. Listen. You're worried about everybody else. About everything else. Don't be worried. Concern yourself with Christ. Concern yourself with what he has done for you. The mess... The void, the emptiness. Seems to be like, it was something that you thought, how could God ever save somebody like him? How could God ever save somebody like him? I'm pointing to me. I told you before we wrote our book, or we were writing our book, the publisher comes to me and he says, so Ken, he says, "Uh, have you thought of a title for this book? I says, no. He says, I'll come back again. So he came back again. And he says, have you thought of a title for this book? I says, yes. He says, what are you going to call it? I says, I'm going to call it, Are You Sure, Lord? And I thought that was a great title. And he was horrified. You can't call your book, Are You Sure, Lord? I says, why not? 
He says, well, why would you call it that? Because, I said to him, because I look at me. I look at my past. I look at my life. I look at my sinning. I look where God has brought me from. Yes, but I look at it. And then I look at how he's placed us in the ministry. And I go, it's me. Are you sure, Lord? Are you sure? You can't call it that. So we come up with finding God's path in a dark season. Maybe you're here saying, are you sure, Lord? It's me. See the moment you and I feel, ah, this is easy for me and I can do this life. I can do this walk. I don't need the brooding, the fluttering and the moving of the Spirit of God. I don't really need to worry about that. Then you know what? That's when you especially need it. It's when you especially need him. The moment I or any of us think that we can do it without him, that's when God will show us we really are in ourselves tohu vabohu. That we really are tohu vabohu. We really, truly, honestly are empty and without shape or void. We're topsy-turvy in our ways and our thinking and in our life. Are you living life without the Spirit of God and the Word? Do you think you'll get on with life and I don't really need to follow this Christ? Your life's tohu vabohu. You may even have your ducks in the row. You know, you may have everything in order, but your life is still tohu fabohu because your life is in order with him. Your life is in order with him. God makes a mess, a masterpiece. Maybe, I'm going to pray about this, but maybe if I get, if I do part two for this next week, if God wills it, well, look at the other points. But here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to start with next week, roughly. Brother, sister, don't give up now. Friend, don't give up now. If you're in Christ, don't give up now. God's not finished with you yet. God's not finished with you yet. God bless his word. Teach in every one of our hearts this morning. Team,